A lot of you were here in July and you would remember the two things I would have said at the beginning. The first one is, this is the gospel of parables. And a parable is not just a short story with a moral at the end. A parable is a story with an unexpected twist. As our own Dr. Ruth Queen Smith said this summer, a parable is like an icon in a way. It's sort of a, an audible icon. It invites you to reflect deeper and deeper into a mystery. As I like to say, if you can think you understand a parable completely, you don't. There's always more to get. The second thing we talk about this summer is when Matthew says, kingdom of heaven. He's talking about the reign of God, not just in the future, but also in the here and now. We are now in a part of the Gospel of Matthew that is after the fourth discourse. He gives these five teaching discourses. The fourth one was on the nature of the church. You might remember two weeks ago we talked about um, the rules for if you disagree with somebody else that he gave us. Well, now Jesus is putting that teaching of the church and what it means to be church into action. He is now making his final journey to Jerusalem. And he gives this lesson as they're walking. So, friends, resist the temptation of this parable. The temptation is to think that we are the workers, and only the workers in the parable. That God is the landowner, and the end of the day is the end of time. This parable is also an invitation to reflect not only on the mystery of God, but also on the mystery of who God calls us to be in the here and now. In other words, we are challenged to live as the landowner in this parable. And that is challenging, very challenging. As God said to us through Isaiah in the first passage we had today, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. For God, the idea of justice and the idea of mercy are two sides of the same coin. We humans have a hard time reconciling that. If the landowner thought as us human beings do, he would choose either to be merciful by paying the last laborers a full living wage, or he would be just by paying them less than those who worked the whole day. That's how we would see it. But when we claim that we want to be just, is what we're truly doing saying that we want to be fair? To human, justice and fairness are the same thing. Do the crime, pay the time. Why should I pay for those deadbeats? I've worked hard all my life, so I deserve more. But God's ways are far above ours. God's justice is not the same thing as the human concept of fairness. As God will say to us through Ezekiel in next week's first reading, you say the Lord's way is not fair? Hear now, O house of Israel, is it my way that is unfair, or rather are not your ways unfair? When we become members of the church, we pledge to live out the kingdom of God in the here and the now, not just after we're dead. That's challenging. At our two masses this morning, we have had people make a pledge in a very profound way.
At 9 a.m., Daniel Pelothy and Lee Diener promised to raise their daughter, Helen Francis, in the faith. We made them make that promise before she was baptized. They pledged to help Helen wrestle throughout her life with the differences between God's justice and human fairness. And since it's their third child, they know what they're getting into this time. And at this Mass, we have several women and men from Immaculate Conception Parish and St. John 23rd Parish with us who are renewing their promises as Paulist associates. These are people who are devoted to the spirituality of the Paulist Fathers and particularly the spirituality of this guy, the founder of the Paulist Fathers, servant of God, Isaac Thomas Hecker, whose cause for canonization was opened six years ago. In a few moments, our associates will make this promise, quote, to look for opportunities to reflect the fundamental Paulist apostolic commitments to evangelization, ecumenism, and reconciliation. Now, please note, there are a lot of other people here today, other Knoxvillians, who are in the process of becoming associates. People from four different parishes, people from several generations. I told Kim, Kim, stand up and wave. You can be that young and be a Paulist associate, okay? Thank you. I won't say how old she is. I looked it up on Facebook, but I won't say or how young she is, I should say. Even non-Catholics can become Paulist associates. You are all welcome to come to our upcoming meetings. They're usually at 7 p.m. on the second Thursdays of the month in various locations around town. And after this Mass, there will be a light reception. Well, the Paulist associates don't really understand light reception. There will be plenty of food. If you would like to ask them for more information about the Paulist associates, they're all wearing name tags, so you'll be able to find them easily. As members of the church, as members of Christ's body, we are compelled by the Holy Spirit to live out the challenges of the parables in Matthew. We are compelled to join Jesus Christ on his walk to Jerusalem. Let us open our eyes to the surprises of God's justice and mercy. And speaking of surprises... One took place in Knoxville a few months ago and was announced publicly this past Tuesday. Bishop Sticker has announced that he is opening a formal investigation into an unexplained healing that took place in the city of Knoxville a few months ago. And the man who was healed attributes his healing to the intercession of Father Hecker. Is this a possible miracle that would not only help all of us to be inspired, help this man to continue to live his life, but also forward the canonization cause of Father Heckert. I don't know. I can't seem to deliver that in a way that makes people applaud. So applaud anyway. <laughs> God's ways are above our ways in the here and the now. Thank God for that.